It's not time for a preaching marathon, is it? Okay. <laughs> Motor, yeah, turn, yeah, we'll hit the lights on the way out. Um, while the world watches a ball drop, we'll watch the preacher drop, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's not good. Linda didn't like that. Okay, sorry. Okay. Matthew 7. That's where, yeah, it is. It's too much. Too much. Matthew 7, uh, beginning with verse 24 and through uh, 29. This is the passage I'd intended to preach this morning. And God just went, nope, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be in... First Thessalonians. So uh, what an opportunity just on the threshold of a new year to think about fresh starts. I think a lot of folks relish a fresh start, not to say what we were doing was, you know, subpar, but we, we love new starts. We love to start afresh. We love to uh, open the Bible to Genesis on, you know, January 1 and read however many chapters you read out of that and just get going with the new year. Um, and this is, this is our opportunity for this. We're looking at uh, two foundations. Uh, we'll read the text. We'll make some comments um, about this. This is a simple uh, parable given by Jesus that applies to everybody alive. (laughs) Every single person. Jesus says this, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Father in heaven, take these words and impress them upon our hearts and help us. Lord, each one is a builder uh, to uh, exercise wisdom in the process of building. Help us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So what strikes me out of this is verse 24, he begins there with, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. So what words? Well, the words that were begun back in chapter five, when Jesus began the Sermon on the Mount, and he begins with the Beatitudes, the blessings. He goes on to uh, talk about the blessed, really the blessednesses of life. The, all those pl- uh, beatitudes, each one beginning there in verse three of chapter five. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, it's the blessed. There is a plural. It's a blessedness. In fact, there are blessednesses for the poor in spirit. In other words, 
There's blessing piled on top of blessing when we walk before the Lord in repentance and faith. That's what this amounts to. It amounts to a plan of salvation for you and I. And Jesus says we need to hear these words and we need to act on these words. He goes on to talk about influence in the world. Isn't that interesting? The blessed person has influence in the world. He says, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You know, and I think about, you know, our lives. We are blessed people and we have an influence in this world. Uh, You and I know the trouble that is in and on this planet and in universities and governments and the whole thing. But don't forget the fact that you are salt and light. As a follower of Jesus. And you exercise some amount of influence in the world. I mean, when we walk into a dark room, there should be some brightness show up. Uh, So don't be overwhelmed by the darkness of the world. Jesus goes on to talk about personal relationships. He talks about, he really raises the... The bar, as far as sin, he goes, you've heard it said in the past, you know, if, uh, you know, you're, if somebody's a murderer, they're guilty of murder. But he says, I say to you, if you have anger in your heart. So he really gets to the heart issue on sin. He, uh, he talks about anxiety. I, I still, my jaw drops open every time I read what Jesus said about anxiety. I mean, just think about, think about this. <clears throat> Verse 31 of chapter 6, this is what he said. Why are we talking about these things? Well, because he said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, what words? These words. This is what he said. I mean, just take them as, at face value and let them just pierce your heart. This is what Jesus said. Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. Listen to this. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Sometimes I think we live life with some kind of understanding that he, our heavenly Father just really doesn't know what we need. He knows what you need. He knows what you and I need. And he says, don't worry. That's what he says in verse 31. That's the command. Do not worry. He says in verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He doesn't leave anything out. The clothes you need, the food you need, the shelter you need. God will provide. It's a matter of priority. I see this a lot. Have you ever seen someone go halfway being a Christian? Just halfway. It's like, uh, it's the difference if you've ever been to a swimming pool, which I'm sure you have. You see the person walk over, they're wanting to get in, and they stick their big toe in just to test the temperature. 
And you see that other person who just runs 30 feet and dives off and splashes into the water. The Lord blesses 100% all in. He, this 50-50 proposition doesn't work. I always want to say that. If you're 50-50 in this, it doesn't work. You will be discouraged. You will wash up on some deserted island wondering what happened. Because that's not our Lord. Our Lord wants all. He wants, like we sang this morning, he is Lord, he is Lord, he is Lord. And you can't tell the Lord, no, you give the Lord everything. Well, we go on. He talks about the narrow and the wide gate. He talks about two trees. He talks about two fruits. Talking about true prophets and false prophets. So we should not be surprised when we get down here to our text that he talks about two builders. Two builders. Everyone who ever lived was a builder. Everyone with breath in them now, whether they know it or not, is a builder. To live is to build. To build is to live. We're all builders. What are we building? Well, we're building a house, a life, a life house. And every, every thought, every response to God, whether it's positive or whether it's negative, every impulse, every ambition, every thought, concept, idea, all of that of one's life goes into your building, your house. So it's really important. He's stressing here how we build. And he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them is like what? He says, maybe compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then as we read through, he talks about a foolish man right there in verse 26. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Two builders. Are you a wise builder that hears the word of God and acts on the word of God? Are you a foolish builder who hears the word of God but does not act on the word of God. Um, I think I heard a while ago. Pastor Boyle say. Stay the course. You know I want to act on that word. That's a word from the scriptures. To stay the course. Stand firm. However you want to put it. Hang in there. Press on. Continue on the narrow path. But to hear the words of God and not to act today, <laughs> I just, I don't know why I'm thinking of this. I looked over and I, I have this effect on babies sometimes, um, but evidently as of today on <laughs> older, somebody was just sacked out. I mean, it was, I was like, we're, 
Lord, we're really doing well here. <laughs> I mean, I, they were, I thought somebody's going to have to wake them up, shake them, or they're going to be left and we would turn the light out on them and just go. But it was, but we got to hear it, right? That's a hearing part is important and fundamental and then act on the word that we heard. So we have this wise man and we have this foolish man. And uh, not only are the two builders, but the second point is that each one's work will be tested. Each one's work will be tested. Your life house will be tested. Now, the nature of that test is really up to God. You look at this and it's a weather report, right? The rains fell, the floods came up. And the winds slammed against that house. Uh, this, the testing, you know, the, the weather comes from above. And there are different tests. There are, uh, there are trials. Just trials of life. There is uh, illness. There's privation. Uh, we're, you know... It's, Interesting to mention privation at this time of year. I'm thinking of I need a little privation in my life right now. I need to back up from the from the table, right from the supper table. Um, but there is there's privation we have to do without sometimes. Um, we mentioned illness, bereavement is uh, or can be a test. But there's a multitude of tests, and it will it is there. And it will reveal uh, the, the house. It will reveal the uh, strength of your life house. Everyone will be tested. The, the, the wise man, his house was tested. In fact, he's first in our little story here. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew. And the words there are... They're Fierce, uh, slammed, the winds blew and what? Slammed against that house. I mean, it's like the wind was coming from all directions, mainly from above and just slamming that house. And then we have this, it did not fall. And yet it did not fall. There's a house that can be built that will weather the storm. And Jesus tells us that the house that is built that weathers the storm is the one that is, that is founded on the rock. It is founded on the rock. Um, next, we have the foolish man. And the same thing happens to his house. The Bible says in verse 27, the rain fell and the floods came. And the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell. And then Jesus adds this and great. It was a mega collapse. It was a mega fall. And there is a, there's a word play, I think in Luke's gospel on this, that the winds were falling down on the house of the foolish man and the house fell down. And that's a, Word picture for us. So his structure, his life house, uh, could not endure the strength of the storm 
And the reason was that his house had been built on the sand and the wise man's house had been built on the rock. So there was a difference in the foundation of the house. You know, just to step back and look at two builders, you really probably couldn't tell them much apart. They're both industrious. They're both working. You know, a lot of energy is poured into a lost life. Um, and there they are. But one day, those works, that life will be revealed. And the life of this foolish man was revealed. And Jesus said he, he was content. I think he's doing a couple things, the foolish man that is. I think he's ignoring the fact that there will be turbulent times. He's not taking into account a storm could come. And I guess he's just counting on perpetual dryness. And so when he starts building, he, oh, there's a little place where a water course has been. It's like a dry waterbed. Oh, let's just build here. And rather than digging down to find firm ground like uh, rock, he just starts to build. And there it goes. The structure goes up. When he should have, what? Removed the sandy soil of self-righteousness. That's what he's saying is, I'm good enough. And this house will be good enough. But it could not stand the storm. What did the wise man do? Well, the Bible says his house did not fall in spite of the rain, the flood, the wind. His house didn't fall because it had been founded on the rock. So that wise man, uh, with, with, a, with inclement weather in view, decided to dig down. I think Luke's gospel even talks about him digging down into the dirt to find the rock, which is the only appropriate foundation for your life. And that rock is Jesus. And we have numerous references in the Bible to Jesus as the rock. Over in 1 Peter 2, just we can go there and read an Old Testament quotation and just... Uh, rejoice in the fact that we have a rock in which to build our lives. And, and we build our lives on this rock, this Jesus, um, right here in verse 6. Uh, for this is contained in Scripture. This is First Peter 2, 6 and 7. Uh, for this is contained in Scripture. Behold! I lay, I lay in Zion a, a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone. Isn't it interesting that the foundation 
that those people who rejected Jesus, the foundation they needed is the one they rejected. And he, Jesus, becomes the very cornerstone. And, verse 8, adds a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. To that foolish man, a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. Isn't that interesting? Jesus said the wise man is the one who hears the word of Christ and applies the word, obeys the word. And to this doom, they were also appointed. So, two builders, you have a time of testing, and that's across the board. Um, How will, will your life house, will your life house be standing After the storm. That's the question. Because it will be. It will be tested. And then. um, The last thing I wanted to. uh, Speak with you about. Is right here in 28. It's too remarkable of a verse. Just to let it go. But the Bible says. When Jesus had finished. These words. The crowds were amazed at his teaching, and that does not even begin to capture what these crowds were thinking. They were in absolute amazement. In fact, I think the literal meaning here is they were struck outside themselves. They were so impacted by this teaching of Jesus. And I want to give you uh, three or four reasons why uh, this teaching of Jesus had such an impact on them as we close. And as fuel for the fire, as many, if not all of you, will be reading your Bibles and you'll get up early in the morning or later in the morning. And you'll start that trek from Genesis or however you, however you do it. You start where you, where you're, where you want to start. But uh, first of all, the reason they're struck out of themselves is because Jesus always told the truth. He always told the truth. Secondly, Jesus always spoke on matters of vital importance. In other words, he always spoke about eternal things. And you know another thing, and I love this, Jesus never rambled. Have you ever known a pastor that rambles in his preaching? I know this is, I'm, I'm being serious. Pastors need to be more like Jesus in the area of teaching and not ramble. I, mean, I believe that. I just think, I mean, I've, I've been subject to a sermon or two like that. You're going, I heard, I heard that the first time. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, so I'm going to try to not ramble right now and go on to uh, the next one. Oh, it's right here in the text. For he was teaching them as one having authority. He knew, he knew what he was talking about. I mean, he is, he's telling the truth. He's speaking on matters of eternal significance. He's not rambling and he's speaking with the the authority of heaven on his words. And that's why they were struck outside themselves. I mean, it is true 
that the teaching of Jesus had every bit the impact on people that his miracles had on people. And maybe more. What did they say? He taught as no man ever taught. Uh, I see him in the temple speaking to those, uh, those religious teachers, leaders. And he's what, 12 years old. He's, he's got him spellbound. He's amazing. Well, I trust tonight you are a wise man. You are building your life house on the rock. Continue to build. Finish out 2023 building. Go into 2024 building. Build on that same rock and continue to be led by our Lord in that building. And we watch and we pray. Because he could come any day. He's, he's at the door. That revelation, even so, come Lord Jesus. Uh, Maranatha. <clears throat> well, Lord, thank you for the time together tonight. Thank you for these precious saints. Um, God, just guide, bless. There's, uh, we're concerned for souls. We're concerned for family members. God, help in this area. Draw them to you, save them, sanctify them, and use us along the way. We thank you for all of your precious gifts to us in this past year. And, and Lord, we know that you will continue uh, to help us and to fortify our lives as we step into 2024. And, Lord, you and you alone are the only one who knows what will take place this coming year. Draw us close to you. Watch over us. Protect us. God, light a fire in us that cannot uh, be quenched. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.